Hi folks, welcome to Agency Unfiltered, the HubSpot Solutions Partner Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews the owners, founders, and executives of agencies and services providers from around the world about whatever it takes to grow and scale. This week, we have on Patrick Bittescombe, CEO of Newbreed, who was just recently announced as HubSpot's North American Partner of the Year. Patrick joins the show to talk about Newbreed's shift from a traditional marketing agency to a revenue performance management firm. He offers his perspective and definition of revenue performance management, what led to Newbreed's shift, and how it has impacted their service offerings, ideal client profiles, prospecting and pipeline management processes, and his team's overall go-to-market strategy. Patrick then discusses how his team has interpreted and pivoted alongside the shifts within the HubSpot ecosystem over the last decade, and how others can plan to do the same. He revisits some of the most impactful changes he's seen in years past, how his team adapted, and how others can codify a means for keeping pace as well. We then look ahead and discuss his expectations and predictions for the future of the HubSpot ecosystem, and how he and others can prepare themselves to survive and thrive. We wrap with big bets Patrick has in mind and what HubSpot's NAM Partner of the Year has their sights on next. You're listening to another episode of Agency Unfiltered. Yeah, Patrick, uh, thanks so much for, for coming on uh, to the podcast. Excited to have you, excited to have New Breed on the show, excited for the conversation at hand. So how are you doing? I'm doing well uh, as, uh, at the moment on a, a little bit of holiday, so sitting in uh, sunny Florida. So can't complain, uh, escaping the negative six that's uh, at headquarters uh, in Burlington, Vermont. So. Yeah, man, I don't know how how far in advance this trip may have been planned, but timing-wise, you, you couldn't have nailed it any better. Yeah, it's going to be like negative 10 out in my part of Massachusetts. So uh, Florida sounds pretty nice at this moment in time, so I'm very jealous. So Patrick, first and foremost, uh, I want to say this. Uh, congrats to Newbreed uh, on becoming the North American Partner of the Year. Huge accolade, impressive accolade. Uh, and so uh, many kudos, many congratulations to you and the Newbreed team. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, it's it's something we're going for every year. Uh, we've been uh, North American partner several years uh, before they had global. We were the top yeah. partner before that was officially announced. Uh, and it was a great team effort this year. Uh, it was really, really fun to watch how the team stepped up uh, and uh, competed and did a great job. We solved for the customer. Uh, we solved for the partnership and uh, we came out on top, so it was it was really exciting uh, to be able to to do that in, in this year and spot what what Newbreed's been up to. Again, impressive, uh, uh, such an accomplishment. So again, yes, congrats. Uh, probably the result of a lot of hard work uh, for for you and the team, as as you kind of mentioned there. Let me start <clears throat> with this because I think you know, that's a, that's great framing, right? If any other partner out there is is circling NAM Partner of the Year as their own uh, on their vision boards or, or aspirations, their goals. Uh, would love to pick your brain and learn some of the things you've done uh, to, to help Newbreed get there. Let me start here, though. Uh, <clears throat> sounds like this was a very intentional decision, uh, but Newbreed has moved away from, I think, the traditional marketing agency kind of positioning and branding uh, to be what you all call like revenue performance management. Uh, and so what is revenue performance management? 
Uh, and how does that stack up to that traditional marketing agency positioning? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, great question. And uh, so it's a new category, right? And uh, like many of the partners, we started out in the marketing category. Uh, and as HubSpot evolved and our vision has evolved over the years, we really wanted to take a much more holistic approach around uh, the revenue and customer acquisition. So uh, as well as expansion and renewals. So our customer base, we're able to serve not only from helping them acquire new customers, but we can help them renew new customers. We can help them expand those relationships. So it really comes holistic around the whole revenue, uh, revenue line item inside of a business. And if you think about it, it's an interesting time to be a partner, right? Because you've got, you got a group of, most of us grew up as marketing partners, right? And the products evolved are, you have yeah. a great time to make uh, a choice and you can go really deep in one category. You can go broad. There's going to be implementation partners. There's going to be migration partners. There's going to be integration technical partners. And then there's going to be partners like Newbreed that are going to be able to go broad across everything. Uh, and I think it's just a really interesting time to enter into the partner ecosystem. Uh, and you really get to, to choose your own destiny right now. Uh, there's a lot of room uh, for growth. Uh, and there's a lot of room for category creation for, for folks. So uh, we decided to go holistic. And so we can go across the entire platform. Uh, we are reaching a, a size that we can go deep uh, on every component. Uh, and we can really help mm -hmm. our customers drive revenue uh, through every facet of their business. I love that. Uh, the holistic approach is what stands out to me. But I like your, your point in that. Well, sure, revenue like net new revenue generation, uh, but there's equal emphasis on retention and potential expansion, right? Uh, uh, love that. And then uh, really, really neat point about the, I think the ecosystem in that uh, it's choose your own adventure, choose your own destiny. There's so much space for a, a really diverse set of partner types and focus areas. You said, you know, implementation or migration. So uh, uh, it's, it's great positioning and it's a great thought overall about the ecosystem. That move to revenue performance management, uh, what does that mean for the team? Did you have to rethink or, you know, did you have to operationalize, operationalize it in a way that you hadn't previously? Yeah, I mean, a couple things. I mean, right, we had to, internally, we had to say the word agency was dead, right? Like, that's not a word we talk about inside of New Breed. Uh, you know, yeah. agencies uh, have, uh, like, a you know, people have a preconceived notion of what what that means to a customer and then to an employee right and we think about it new breed we've got two types of customers we've got an internal customer and an external customer right and so when we're talking about our vision and mission right we need to make it understood by both both parties and so first and foremost was a communication strategy around you know why we've evolved away from an agency that's not necessarily a bad thing but this is just, we're much broader than that. And these are the types of services that we offer that make it much broader than that. So that was our, our first step. Uh, and then additionally, it took us hiring different types of talents. So, you know, we have software engineers on staff now. We've got data analysts yeah. on staff. Uh, these are folks that are traditionally at a marketing agency. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, Kevin, I'm not, I'm not even sure if I've, I've mentioned this to you, but Newbreed's both a solution partner, but also an app partner, right? So now around yeah. this uh, the side of uh, a revenue firm, right, we're really thinking about not only can we solve that problem with managed services, but can we solve that problem with technology for our customers as well? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, 
I think that's a, on the top of mind of a lot of partners is how do I uh, expand my managed services business into the technology, the app uh, side of the business. I think that is a whole other episode in and of itself, I can imagine, and how you bring that to market and the team that you have to build and hire to, to allow yeah. that to happen. Uh, let me ask you this, though, uh, about the shift away from agency uh, into, again, revenue performance management is, is I'll keep using that label. Uh, what, what was the hardest part of that switch for you, for your clients, for the team? Like what, what were the biggest uh, pains that you felt? I think the hardest part of the switch is the confidence to make the switch, right? It, it's really easy, especially when you've built an existing business that the business tries to pull you back in to your existing form. So I think the hardest switch was one, just putting that stake in the ground I remember it was about a, uh, a year, year and a half, almost two years ago now that we, we came out with that messaging and we came out with the messaging and I'm a big believer of this is you need to act like the company you want to be. Right. And so that means the messaging is going to be forward leaning and we need to lean a little bit further out uh, than where we are today. So I remember we bought, uh, we bought the domain switched the website, launched a new website around it. And I emailed Brian Halligan. I just said, hey, just so you know, like here's the next evolution of New Breed and him and I are close. And it was like a one and a half sentence email. Well, he <laughs> leaned into it and he forwarded it to at HubSpot and sent it to the entire org, you know? And that was like the, okay, great. We put the stake in the ground. It's resonating in the market. And now the world knows about it. Now we need to make sure we can deliver on this, right? So, uh, yeah, I love it. it's like, hey, our, our our framing of it, our vision needs to be a little forward looking, and then we'll close the gap uh, to our current state to get there. Uh, also, a good CTA for me. Uh, maybe I got to send Brian Halligan more emails directly so I can get him to to you know circulate. Yeah, I think, I think you should. The, 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 the trick is to keep him to a few sentences. So. Yeah, yeah, brevity is king yeah. in that. Yes, love that. Um, Patrick, what about uh, the types of businesses? that you were seeking out or, or hoping to work with? Did like the customer profile change? You know, the customer profile didn't change too much. What changed for us is the amount of uh, folks that we can serve within that customer or amount of departments, right? So if you looked at it, mm. we were really focused on just the, the CMO, director of demand gen uh, and their teams uh, pre two years ago, right? This allowed us to get into the CRO, VP of sales, this led us to get into operations, right? So RevOps became a big component for us uh, and uh, working closer more with their CFO and uh, analyst teams, right? So often uh, with our data products, we're able to put together uh, board level reporting. Uh, and so that has a different set of eyes on it. And then uh, additionally, you know, the integrations team gets you involved with their technology teams, right? So mm -hmm. it quickly broadened uh, who we had to work with. And that was, go back to your earlier challenges, I think just the, it happened very quickly for us. So getting the team to feel comfortable, right? They went from only working with marketers to now working with head of sales, head of operations, uh, head of technology, engineers, right? So, uh, you know, I think the, I don't think we overlooked it, but the, uh, what I would caveat is if other folks want to go down that journey, you can't overinvest yeah. in the change management side of things, right? And the training and, and enablement for your teams. It's a big shift for us. It happened fast. Fast was good from a revenue standpoint, but that also meant that they didn't have as much time to make that transformation uh, and the business transformed faster than they did. 
Mm. Yeah, that's a helpful caveat. It's a helpful note. It's like, hey, lesson learned, maybe a pitfall or two, or, a, a, you know, don't scrape your knees here because yeah. we did, right? So I think uh, uh, creating the space and time and allowing for the transformation to also happen uh, amongst the team, that's a great call. So Patrick, you actually bring up an interesting point about uh, the expansion of who you talk to departmentally, the decision makers, the breadth of folks that are now involved in these uh, uh, decisions. Uh, what did that change for your sales process? Any recommendations for other partners? Like, hey, yeah, I talked to the CMO and, and th- those in charge of demand gen. I'm comfortable there. Uh, how do I talk to sales leaders, the CFO, uh, IT directors, et cetera? Any, any lessons learned? Any recommendations on that front from like a sales yeah, process? So it's interesting. We're, we're right at the size. We're in that uh, awkward size right now, right? Which is the, we're not big enough to specialize, right? Where you could have dedicated teams. Uh, so maybe it's just around 150 yep. people. Uh, and so it's not quite big enough to say, great, but we're like HubSpot size where you can say, great, we'll have a team that just does this, right? So uh, the sales team right now, we ask we ask a lot, right? They need to be a comfortable selling to, to multiple stakeholders, multiple personas. Uh, there, And so a couple things that we launched that uh, enabled it. One, we, from a process standpoint, we launched our own, uh, sales engineering team. So one thing we said, great, if we're going to ask them to go wider on who they sell to, we can't have them go as deep on product knowledge. So previously, up until yeah. this point, a new breed account executive would need to know uh, all of new breed solutions and all of HubSpot product, right? And they were the ones making the core recommendation. So we peeled that mm-hmm. component off of them and said, great, we want you to know how to sell to more buyer types. But we're going to ask, well, when you need to go actually sell technology, you have a counterpoint uh, and you'll get assigned an SE that you can bring in to help sell that. So that was one thing we did uh, to help create some bandwidth. Because um, as I think everyone on this call and uh, the listeners know that HubSpot's product evolved a lot. So trying to know all of new breed SKUs and all of HubSpot SKUs and the ins and outs is, uh, was getting quite, uh, you know, eating up a lot of their bandwidth. Uh, to be able to do that. So that was one component. Um, The other thing that we did is we enabled team selling. So folks are, uh, some folks are better at selling to sales uh, leaders. Some folks are better at selling to operations. Some understand integrations better. Uh, They're able to tag each other into deals. uh, And we built a culture around team selling. So uh, there is our, we have a process. So uh, deals can get split. So that way there's not like a, uh, hey, Kevin's going to come in this deal and take too much of the deal from a commission standpoint. So there's kind of pre-negotiated splits that happen. So that way they can say, great, hey, you know what? I got this awesome deal. I'm Patrick. I'm really good at selling to marketers, but Kevin's awesome at selling to the CRO. I wonder if he wants to co-sell this deal with me and let's go close this together. You know, he or she knows what they're going to do from a, a direct rep knows the, what they're going to give up from a commission standpoint. Uh, and, uh, and then there's some double comp scenarios to help incentivize that. So it's great. Yeah. So it's really, it's like a strengths based sales culture, uh, creating the space to allow team selling to happen. But to your point, sounds like a lot of the, the processes around commission splits and like what the ramifications are from a compensation perspective, that's all defined. Uh, so the friction, the potential friction that that could yeah, cause is removed. It enables folks to want to do too many this, orgs you know? that the it was really left to the individual sellers to decide what the split was 
and then they just arm wrestle over the deal, right? And <laughs> uh, and then it creates a culture of uh, lone wolves. It creates a culture of, of folks not wanting to go sell. And we sell a B two B complex product, and to me, co selling is at the heart of it because you can't be an expert on everything. So we leaned into it yeah. and asked uh, and built a, a culture around team selling that's been really effective for us. No, that's great. No, thanks for sharing. I think too, the other note about splitting out the product knowledge requirement of that sales rep plate. And so all right, let's enable them to understand and know and learn how to sell into more buyer types, more business types, uh, and have that now exclusively with a sales engineering team. I mean, obviously easier said than done, uh, but it feels like a really great way to, to, to balance uh, all the things your team must know. Uh, any recommendations on how to establish the depth of knowledge a sales engineer would need, you know what I mean? Uh, around the HubSpot product. God, man, one of the hardest roles to hire for, uh, if you want my honest yeah. opinion. We're, we were fortunate. Uh, a few of the folks on that team came uh, from the HubSpot ecosystem and or from HubSpot. So we had, we were fortunate that they were trained uh, and had grown up with the product. Because if, if you try to go get a, someone, a sales engineer from a, another you know, that's been in the, let's say the Salesforce ecosystem, right? Let's just sure. use that as an example. You could bring them over to the HubSpot ecosystem. They've got a lot of SKUs to memorize and understand now versus I found a lot of success finding people that grew up inside the ecosystem because their knowledge yeah. gained over time. And so they were able to get competency across a, a lot of product knowledge uh, and understand how the product evolved. So um, that was our approach. That said, there's there's not that many of those folks out there. Um, so, but my recommendation is there's a great HubSpot alumni group. Uh, reach out to the alumni yeah. group, and uh, there's some really talented folks in that that might be able to to join your company. Yep, that's a really great call. But I think the the important note that you've seen work is target folks that have grown up in the ecosystem versus finding folks that have excelled in these types of engineering roles previously in another ecosystem and bring yeah. them over. Right. Cause the, just the, the understanding of our, the HubSpot product, the SKUs, the depth, the breadth, it's, it's yeah. quite a lot. It can be for, someone these, new to it. Uh, for most solution partners. These people live in your services or right now. Right. And find one that likes to, you know, may not want to be a account executive, but enjoys being in the sales process and, you know, make it a, make them feel an inch taller, promote them to sales engineer, give them some autonomy and help them build that, help them let them build that department for you. Yeah, no, I love that. Uh, it's similar. It's, I, I want to keep on the theme. I, I almost want to pull it out a little more broadly. I would imagine that uh, to achieve awards like NAM Partner of the Year and achieve the success that we've seen New Breed have, uh, it oftentimes relies on, you know, synthesizing the shifts of HubSpot and the HubSpot ecosystem overall. Uh, and then, uh, you know, keeping pace or understanding what the ramifications are of those shifts, right? Uh, uh, what are other changes that you've seen happen to the ecosystem and what has New Breed kind of, you know, institutionalized to, to keep pace? You yes. know what I mean? I mean Does that make sense? Probably the most current one, right, is the, the shift to, you know, HubSpot's got a big shift on, focused on what, get the customer implemented, right? And then Let's figure out the the long term play with the customer as the the secondary sale. Uh, that mm -hmm. was uh, even a comp switch that we had to make, right? So our account executives were uh, had sold, and then that deal went over to a CSM. For us, that didn't work anymore, right? Because they were trying to sell as much upfront as they could, because that was their yep. one time to to make 
commission and and hit their quota, right? Which is what New Breed was asking them to do by the comp plan that we put in place. Uh, So I would take a a hard look at your comp plans. My recommendation is make sure that they're in line with with the motions HubSpot's asking in the market. And the more tighter you can get that comp plan, the better. It needs to be uh, complementary, not uh, not a straight copy of HubSpot's comp plan. Right? We're not we're not building a, a corporate enterprise software company. We're building solution partners, right? And we're somewhere between you know a couple hundred people, right? So uh, make sure you design a plan that works for your business. Uh, but is complementary to how HubSpot's asking their motion to happen inside their org. So, yeah, no, I mean, I think that makes a ton of sense. I think that the highlight there, uh, uh, from what the p- initial point of sale is to your point, it's the emphasis is the initial implementation, yeah. right, uh, of HubSpot. Uh, is that also you know, connecting some dots? Is that what drove something like revenue performance management? Where do those things overlap? Is it CRM implementation uh, uh, informed, uh, tangential, you know what I mean? Uh, where and how do those things over, yeah. overlap? Or you know, for us, right, we just, we saw the writing on the wall that, you know, and we leaned in really early that HubSpot was going to become a CRM company. Uh, Newbreed's always had CRM experience, but that meant CRM is not purchased by the marketer, right? They're in the buying group, but they're not the lead and that opened up the door for us to say, okay, great, let's lean into that versus be scared of it. And uh, let's build services around that versus trying to say, great, go do the CRM purchase. Let us know when you're going to do marketing automation. You know, um, I grew up inside the Salesforce ecosystem early on in my career. Uh, we, New Breed had been a Salesforce partner. Uh, so we were already doing CRM limitation. So when HubSpot made that shift, we were well suited to just lean into it. So. That's great. And so to your point, being able to, to see the writing on the wall, okay, HubSpot's position as a CRM company, therefore, that's going to fundamentally change what we sell, uh, how we sell it, who we sell it to, uh, and obviously the, the, the ripple effect of all that. What is the, what's the next writing on the wall? Do you have any projections or, or what are your expectations for the future of the ecosystem, either not so distant future or, or more long tail? No, I mean, honestly, I think Right now, I feel like we've all really just scratched the surface on, on HubSpot being a CRM company. CRM so yeah. such a big category. We're just we're just doubling down there and uh, making sure that we uh, we can really be the best in class inside the ecosystem uh, around CRM, uh, and that's going to be a big big push for us. Uh, inter- and then to me, CRM and integrations are uh, complementary of each other. You can't be in the CRM basis without being in the integration business. So building that, that integration side uh, as well is really important to us. And I think integrations could go a couple of different ways. Obviously, we know that uh, New Breed has kind of the app uh, side as well. But integrations could also refer to tech stack consulting and, and you know, uh, those types of connectivity yeah, versus, you know, you know, solving the problem with tech. Still, is that fair? If you still think about it, the 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 native apps inside the ecosystem are pretty small. So most businesses have some app that doesn't have something already pre-built with HubSpot. That team yep. is dedicated to saying, great, we need HubSpot to be the one endpoint and we need endpoint X. And that could be some system you've never heard of to uh, enterprise level software, right? And 
there's still yep. a lot of those that haven't been built. And even the ones that have been built only can do so much, right? So, you know, if it's Dynamics or it's Salesforce, there's still plenty of room for an integration partner to come in and say, great, well, we can customize this and build it out even further. Does that, uh, does Newbreed play in there at all? In that yeah, space? so that, um, that, so the integrations team is separate actually from the apps team. Um, so, uh, and we're playing, we're playing there quite a bit. And I, I still think that's mm-hmm. going to be a nice growing market for Newbreed. Again, I put that under the CRM umbrella because when someone's making a sure. CRM decision, they have to make an integration decision as well. So, especially we serve the we serve the mid market uh, corporate and enterprise. So the they already have other technology. It might be a little bit different. I can't speak to on the, the startup or very small biz side. If there's less integrations, I would assume just based on scale. But at our size sure. companies, they're anywhere from you know, 10 to 15 integrations uh, into whatever their existing CRMs. If you're going to get them to switch to HubSpot, you're going to have to know how to switch those integrations as well. Now, Patrick, I don't know uh, your your risk tolerance in general, uh, but a question that, that I floated out in a couple episodes recently has just been about big bets. And what are some big swings uh, that you're hoping to make uh, this year or a big swing maybe you took last year that, that paid off for the business? Any Anything from that big bet, uh, uh, innovative kind of you know experimental yeah. side of the house uh, that that you're hoping to to see how it pans yeah, out. We're making a big bet on data. I think data is going to be uh, at the hub of all businesses. And so uh, I joined a company on the board of a company called SaaSWorks. It's uh, Jim O'Neill for the folks that have been in the ecosystem yeah. for a long time. Uh, uh, former CIO and chief people officer at at HubSpot. Uh, and uh, it's a revenue analytics platform. So think about business intelligence, revenue analytics, not sales analytics, which often gets confused. It's not the, you know, it's not a dashboarding tool. Uh, it is private equity, growth equity, uh, business operator, operator level reporting. And we're really bullish. And not only do we ingest the data on that side, we, we also uh, stream it back to our customers so they can consume it in their CRM. Uh, as well as uh, we have a tech-enabled services team that also can then put that into board-level presentations for you as well. Um, so we just think that, like if you, the systems are there now. So we can connect all the systems. We built the data uh, a hygiene engine to so ingest that data, and then we can we're able to put that back into the customer CRM. Uh, it takes billing data, product data, uh, marketing automation data and uh, enriches it and, and, um, and then we can stream it back to them and they can consume it any way they want. Most people still consume it in a format that the services team at SaaSworks presents back to them, but we're seeing a growing demand for people saying, great, just stream this back into my system so my RevOps team can consume this and present, present to the CRO, present to the CFO. So that's a big, it's a big bet for us. Um, we've, it's something that's been consumed at, unicorn level SaaS companies for years, it hasn't been brought to the mid market before. And we're very bullish on bringing it to the mid market. So, well, uh, uh, sounds exciting, incredibly valuable, obviously for, for Newbury, but for the, the clients on the receiving end of a lot of this, uh, uh, data. Also, I, I enjoyed the distinction between like sales data, you know, versus like true business yeah. intelligence. Uh, uh, what do we find to be the most valuable enriching data that gets into the hands of, of these customers? You know, the, 
a couple core metrics that we really help folk, folks get to. And it's interesting uh, how many companies I talk to that actually can't get to this metric. And it's lifetime expectancy and lifetime value. So, hmm. uh, and, uh, and being able to segment that against different industries, be able to segment that against different uh, businesses. The other ones we look at are uh, revenue per head uh, is, a, is, a, is another big metric that we, we can get to. And we slice and dice that. I mean, you get 18 level, uh, 18 different pivots, and you get about 60 different dashboards when, on the SaaS product. So, but those are some core ones that I'm always surprised to at the size of the organization that it's, it just is a piping and plumbing problem. They can't get all the systems and data to connect to be able to answer that question. Uh, and we built the, we built the, an engine that can do that for them. That's great. Um, now, uh, Patrick, we've, we've highlighted a couple of the, uh, accolades, uh, of new breed, uh, obviously, uh, 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 early days of being into entry, early entry into the partner program, the uh, elite tiered partner, uh, you know, the, the first uh, NAM partner of the year. Uh, what's next? Is there an, what's the additional rung on this ladder that you're hoping to climb? Yeah. You know, we're, uh, I'm in it for the long haul, uh, you know, fairly, still fairly young in my career. Uh, so we're going to go, you'll see new breed uh, in the next couple of years, really make a significant play in the global space. So, um, you know, we want to expand our footprint into different geographies. Uh, so I know there's lots of other, uh, partners that listen to, listen to this, you know, if you're interested in, uh, you know, partnership with new breed or, uh, thinking about what's the next stage for you and maybe, uh, having your company join and merge with another organization where we're interested in the global space. A teeing up of the future, uh, but also a potential call to arms for any of those interested. Yeah, we're, right. we're, gonna, we're in it for the long haul. And we want to build a want to build a great business around HubSpot. Well, Pat, I have a final question. It's the question I ask. I wrap every episode with this. I'm going to hold on that for one moment. You also uh, had mentioned, you know, uh, team wise, up to 150 individuals. For those tuning in, uh, uh, not with a team of 150, or looking to grow to the place that New Breed is at today. Uh, any any lessons learned? Uh, where should I think about growing my team that maybe I wouldn't had had thought about, uh, or anything I should put into practice earlier than than you know I'm thinking about it. You know what are the what are the takeaways? What are the lessons learned? Uh, any any knowledge to share in that regard? So I'd say for an early stage partner, and I'll say early stage, let's say under fifty employees. Uh, yeah. and you want to move into growth mode, I would hire your head of sales sooner than you thought. Uh, I've at least noticed a lot of partners in the ecosystem. The CEO is is the CRO. Uh, and, yep. and candidly, that, that was how Newbury was structured for a long time. Uh, we brought on uh, an amazing head of sales and it was a, oh man, I wish I did that sooner. So, uh, moment. The second... Uh, Second component I would say is if you're in that 50 to 100, it's a really interesting time to say, do we need someone in people or HR or culture, right? And typically the kind of the business metric you hear is you know, right around 100 people. Uh, and uh, we did that early and I was really happy we did that early. We did that around 70 people. Uh, so yep. I would... You know, it's a it's a complex talent world. Uh, if you want to build a great culture, 
invest in your people uh, and have a people leader that can dedicate that time. It's different than being uh, a CEO. You need that partner uh, with you. So I, I would really recommend go find some great uh, people leader uh, HR talent and bring that into your organization sooner if you want if you're in growth mode. Yep, that's super helpful. So it sounds like uh, interest in entry into growth mode, head of sales earlier than you think, offload as owner or CEO, offload the sales ownership. Uh, and then obviously to your point too there, uh, people leader, invest in your people, invest in your yep. culture. Super helpful. Um, hi, Patrick. Last question. Again, this is kind of how we wrap every episode. What's the, and I know agency is dead. So just take, well, I'll ask the question. Oh, you you got to rename the show here, Kevin. I know. Uh, any ideas? Any uh, ideas? But uh What's the strangest part of agency life? Strangest part. So it's a great question. Uh, I think it's just the, it's the diversity and pace, right? It's, it's, I think we're, I think being a solution partner in the HubSpot ecosystem, you're in sales and marketing and service technology. You're working with some of the fastest growing companies. It's, the world of digital transformation and technology and automation and now AI, right, is the is just happening at such an exponential rate. If you enjoy and thrive in fast pace, I think it's a great environment. If you don't, it's going to chew you up and spit you out real quick. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, and you live this world too, Kevin, like just moving at mock speed. I enjoy that. I love that it changes every year. I love that there's the technology is getting better. The automation is getting better. We've got AI now that's just making it take off like light speed. And uh, if, if you, if you enjoy that pace, which I do, uh, I don't sit still well. Uh, I don't know if it's the strangest thing, but it, it sure is fun. Yeah, no, uh, good answer. Yeah. Hyperspeed. Uh, comfortability with that pace, comfortability with change. Uh, yeah, spot on. Uh, definitely agree. Thanks for the answer. No problem. Uh, well, Patrick, out of time. Uh, I think we just hit time. Um, so again, thanks for coming on, uh, sharing some of the history, some of the things that you have going on with New Breed. And again, uh, congrats on, on NAM Partner of the Year, uh, but much appreciated for coming Yeah, on. thanks for having us, Kevin. Really enjoyed it and uh, look forward to being uh, back on the show again. Uh, yeah, we'll have to hear how uh, the, the business intelligence and uh, – Big bet on data land. So maybe there's a sequel that works. But um, that's it for the show. For everyone that's tuned in today, this has been another episode of Agency Unfiltered.